Since times before history, we've been gathering around our fires to tell stories. Join us as we play through multiple role-playing game systems, looking for one that's the perfect fit for our next campaign, and hopefully showing you some options that are out there for your own games. Welcome to the Fireside Stories. Hello, Barbarians, and welcome back to our Fireside Story for Blackwind RPG. I'm Santiago. And I'm Rainy. And today we're jumping right back into where we left off with your character being dropped off on a strange world for a rather shady hunt. Just to kind of recap where we were. It's already late when Lencel returns to the school. He's accompanied by a noble with fine facial features that betray a dissolute life. You catch bits and pieces of their conversation. He is apparently Nexel, Lord of Nexilis, one of the many satellites of Ciri Prime. It seems he's organizing a private celebration that Traxu himself will attend, and he plans to prepare a special hunt in his honor. Lencel initially laughs. He says that his gladiators are too precious to be butchered like animals, not to mention that such a fight would not earn them any rings. Nexel mutters something. There's a bit of a heated exchange. And then eventually he produces a small satchel from under his robes. It looks heavy, and Lencel seems paralyzed for a moment before accepting it. The gladiators who won fights against School of the Eagle, namely you... Thonis, Aya, and a small, dark-skinned, nervous-looking man named Conrigan the Scarred are summarily rounded up. Markley's is protesting heatedly the whole time, and you can see Madeline, who's watching from the shade of the galleries, shaking her head and leaving in a hurry. You're led to a small hover ship, waiting just outside the school, and the next hour is spent in dour silence, broken only by the low droning of the propeller. You land in the middle of nowhere, on a small platform surrounded by thick forest, and you are equipped with your customary blades and spears by a concerned Vitor, and then the ship takes off again, leaving you alone in the darkness. You can hear a horn echoing up ahead, signaling the beginning of the hunt. I will tell you your objective for this section is simply to survive. And as your eyes adjust, you do see your fellow gladiators of the Falcon looking around through the dark trees surrounding the platform. You can vaguely see lights from at least one other departing ship not too far away. It's likely you just finished dropping off a similar group of gladiators to be hunted. And the sounds of hunting horns and the clang of weapons can be very vaguely heard from that direction. So you think you have a limited amount of time to determine your plan. Okay, so there's no time here. Time is a factor. Um, first off, did we all overhear the exchange between um, Lencel and, and Nexel? Yeah, I mean, it basically happened out in the practice yard. Okay, so we know... What's going on and what's at stake here? Right. All of us, yes. not just me. Okay. So I feel like we should all be on the same page. Right. With the basics of what's happening. Okay. And we're all kind of standing in a little group right now. Right. You're still on the platform currently. Okay. 
And the terrain, what are we what are we looking at here terrain wise? As far as you're able to see in the dark environment, it is a densely forested area. Okay. Well, like pine trees or more like oaks and shit like that? Um, I would say it's probably a mixed forest. Um, but I would say, I mean, it's hard to put it into terms that make sense on earth. Mm-hmm. But they are tall thick trees. Some of them have kind of a shaggy looking bark. Others have um, like a more smooth looking surface. And there are variations in the types of leaves that they produce. Okay. Well, this, look pre- this looks pretty familiar to Solto because um, Kellis is a heavily forested moon and his cat-like people live up in the trees and run through them you know, from infancy. So this is very, very much at, at home for him. So he's starting to see a uh, tactical advantage. Plus, since it's dark and he can see very well in the dark, he's also counting that among his assets. So he's going to have to see what he's working with team-wise. So he knows these three people already, like from being fellow Falcons with them. Right. To a certain extent. I would say you probably haven't interacted with Conrigan as much, but Mm -hmm. the other two you know pretty well. They're uh, acquainted. Right. At least. Okay. So I'll give him a quick once over, just visually. So he fought with Thonis already. Yes. So he remembers that Thonis throws little, like, dart-like daggers, like kunai yeah. almost. His with, main uh, weapon is like a dart on a chain. Right, fine chain yeah. as well. Okay. So he has some ranged stuff uh, going on. And you can see him sort of shivering in his desert garb um, and trying to adjust to the darkness, but he doesn't have the senses you do. Okay. Then the... Um, the woman, Aya, well, what's her deal? Is she um, ranged? Is she melee? She is holding a very long spear in each hand. Tool wielding spears? Okay. And you can see that in the way that she's looking around and the slight reflection that you can see when she turns in your direction, that she may have a little bit easier time traversing the darkness than some of the others. Okay. All right. So Aya is uh, dual wielding spears, uh, probably has some low light vision. And Conrigan the Scarred, what's his deal? Yeah, he's a small, dark-skinned man. He looks very nervous and true to his name, he's covered in scars of various age. Um, He's obviously made it through his gladiatorial matches, but not always as well as would be hoped. And he's holding a short sword in each hand. And he's looks like he's having a hard time getting his bearings. Okay. Got it. All right. Um, then we will have... Uh, yeah, we only have a few minutes to get this uh, coordinated here. So... I'll have to see if they'll be interested in in listening to my input as far as what we should do. So Solto will will look at all of them and um, try to 
formulate a plan and tell them what he's thinking. Falcons, time is of the essence. We must be quick. Here's what I propose we do. Aya, are you comfortable with this terrain? Yes, I... The place I am from is quite wild. This should be fine. As is my home, I think we should move quickly to strike first at our hunters and make them become the hunted. We should be able to do so with these two following behind as they can towards the sound of battle. As the hunters are drawn towards them, we should ambush them from the shadows. I prefer this plan to waiting to die. Indeed. And what of you two? He'll say, looking at the other two. Right, which, who have trouble looking back at you in the darkness. From like two feet away, yeah, even? It's no. like pitch black? <laughs> it's that dark? It is very dark. Holy shit, um, all right. But Thonis, you can tell by the way he tilts his head, he's very able and keen about using his hearing as a way to determine location. And so he kind of cocks his head towards you um, and he says, this terrain is a bit alien to me, but I should be able to move quickly enough. And Conrigan says, I, I can't believe they just sent us out here to die. I'll, I'll do whatever you say if it means there's a chance we might not. Stay low, move quickly, strike ruthlessly. Try to be reasonably sure it's not myself or I have, though, I mean. And Thonis sort of smiles in the darkness, and he says, just like the arena. Much like the arena. It's just another fight, Conrigan. And you can see uh, Conrigan's hand go kind of instinctively to his slave collar, where you note he has three rings already. Damn, man. He's getting close, and so he's experienced. He'll be fine. All right. So your group is determined to move towards the sounds of very distant sounds of combat. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you like to do that? I'm going to fly through the trees. And by fly, I don't mean like, you know, fly. I just mean gymnastics, uh, uneven bars style, you know, where you just kind of right. ninja run anime style through through the trees because that's what he's been doing back home since he was uh, a wee kit. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I assume is going to stick to the ground, but I mean, you know, I'm not driving her, so I don't know. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and make a roll to determine your ability to traverse this terrain? Can do. This is going to be an on-roll roll. Yep. Four. All right. So not as graceful as you'd hope, but quite deftly you are moving through the trees well above the ground, which gives you a decent vantage point for seeing what lies up ahead. Um, and you can see below you, Aya kind of leaping and moving very sure-footedly through the underbrush, um, occasionally kicking off of a tree and things like that. Like she's quite fast for her size and very sure of herself in this terrain. So I don't, I don't recall if you described her already. Uh, forgive me. I'm sorry. But I don't recall what Aya looks like, actually. So she's a very tall woman, kind of. She's not 
super huge, but she's definitely broadly built. And she has red hair and red eyes. Like, okay. And she's, her armor is kind of a mismatched set of some modern equipment that she probably picked up in the arena and some like hides and furs and stuff like that. It's like a very, it's a very utilitarian mix of what she's been able to put together to fit her style. Okay. So like our, our fellow Falcons don't like, some of them are, some of them are jealous of her capped shoulders. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, that's cool. Great. I think she'll be a, uh, a worthy companion and help out a lot. So I am scanning for targets. I am looking for, you know, any, anyone that's not, uh, one of us four right. is going down and right. as quickly as I can manage. But here's my overall strategy here. However, the fight has to go with whoever I encounter, you know, first, mm-hmm. I don't want to kill them, but I definitely want to incapacitate them completely. They're, they are no longer combat effective whatsoever, but they are alive and in a great deal of pain and screaming bloody murder. Sure. So we're talking disembowelment, guts spilled all over the forest floor, um, hamstring, unable to walk, broken limbs, that sort of thing. You're basically laying there and you're 100% fucked up, but you're not going to die for a long time. And you're really, really suffering. And the reason is the psychological aspect of this to turn this in our favor we have to use every bit of advantage that we can possibly muster okay yeah that totally makes sense why don't you go ahead and give me a roll to see if you can detect someone nearby all right one all right so you watch the slower two of your group of four um still making their way through the brush pretty effectively um particularly Thonus, he's able to move almost like spider monkey-like through the lower branches. And he's listening for where Aya is and moving quite well. Um, Conrigan is running to keep up, occasionally tripping since he can't really see where he's going, but he's not far behind. And as you're kind of keeping an eye and an ear out for where everyone is, you hear the telltale sounds of snapping twigs in the underbrush. And up ahead, as you kind of zero in your vision, you see a single Praetorian soldier armed with a spear, probably moving ahead of the rest of the hunters to look for easy prey while they're engaged with the the battle behind him. Okay. And he doesn't exhibit any light source uh, or does he what's his light situation so you can see that he has the standard what you would consider standard praetorian armor because you're relatively familiar with it having engaged in skirmishes with them a few times Mm -hmm. um which is kind of a very lightweight looking modern combat armor and he also has a sort of this headgear on which you think may give him some ability to see in the darkness, but he's not carrying a light source of any kind. Okay, cool. That's that's the distinction I wanted to make. Does he have night vision of some kind, either technological or biological, or does he have a, a flashlight, lantern, torch, drone, like right. spotlighting, whatever? And it appears that it's the former. Okay, perfect. Next, in conning this dude, and, and that's, 
let me go ahead and uh, put on my mansplain pants. Right. When you con something, Mm -hmm. sweet Rainy, it's from video games back in the day when you would consider an enemy monster or similar to ascertain its challenge rating. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> so, podcast listeners, I know you can't tell from my voice, but my face is full of murder. <laughs> As it should be, because that would be some bullshit. I feel like um, you probably told me about uh, conning back in the day. So yeah, because you didn't play a lot of um, like EverQuest and things like yeah, that. Yeah, no. Uh, my first MMO was uh, City of Heroes, so Ooh. very Fisher Price. My first MMO, so um, that's uh, we're going for for irony and sarcasm here, guys. I'm not actually that guy. It's it's trying to lampoon a buffoon like that. All right, so you're trying that. to con him. So what are you trying to get out of it? I'm trying to determine is this a minion for lack of a better term, or is this a beefier guy that I'm going to have to engage with? Can I blick this dude right. in one hit, or am I going to have to go toe-to-toe with him for a little while before I, of course, inevitably win? Because <laughs> So you know from your experience with these soldiers that it can vary. The Imperial Guard are often conscripted from various populations of the worlds that are controlled by the emperor. Um, and sometimes they are completely green and other times they are effective soldiers. Um, it can go either way, but what is working to your advantage right now is this one seems stupid enough to have separated from his group. And there are four of you and one of him. I see. All right. So he might be, my, my hope is that he's focused on, uh, Thonis um, to a lesser degree, and more so uh, Conrigan, as he kind of fumbles through the underbrush. And uh, that way I can ambush him more effectively. So are you going to wait for him to see the others? or No, absolutely not. I'm just saying if they're close enough, then great. If not, okay. you know, I'm, I'm attacking as soon as possible. Yeah, I just wanted to gather information. Your role to spot him was high enough that you've spotted him when he's still a bit out from your group. Okay, cool. I'll go ahead and engage first then. Okay. Do your thing. All right. So I would like to get closer, close the distance a little bit. And from a high vantage point on one of the the sturdy limbs, do that uh, Batman style raptor perch that looks so awesome when you're up in a tree looking down at at an enemy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then instead of jumping onto like, you know, the shoulders or back or something like that, like you usually see, it would be more of a leap into a tuck and roll very low and quiet behind him okay. and look for a weak point in the armor at the back of the leg where the, the hamstrings right above the back of the knee connect and slash through that with my dagger to try to sever those tendons and disable that leg and prepare for my next strike uh, as well. All right, make your roll. Two. All right. So leaping down almost silently, um, you're able to kind of land 
behind him and dig your blade into that spot at the knee joint where you know there's no armor to allow for movement. And he cries out in alarm and pain, obviously. All right. And then Aya moves in, um, hearing the cry. And she runs in swiftly and seeing that you have him kind of where he has like one leg kind of bent, he's twisted in pain and alarm. She, you see as she runs forward, she throws one of the spears to the other hand. So she's gripping two spears in one hand and she runs up, wrenches his spear from him and sinks it into his shoulder, kind of pinning him to the ground with his like leg behind him. He's like folded in half, basically. Oh, wow. Ouch. And she looks up at you and she says, are we finishing him or what is the plan? No, we need to leave them alive, but 100% incapacitated, screaming in pain to give us a psychological edge. I see as she like twists the spear in his shoulder. She's like, I can hear more not far from us. All right. Sounds good. I wonder if this guy is, uh, is, um, you know, defeated enough. I think I'll actually, I mean, if, if he's, um, defeated, like, you know, um, pinned, like he can't fight back or whatever, then, uh, then cool. I'll, uh, remove his helmet. Okay. And see if I can, um, I mean, I don't know if Conrigan is, uh, close enough behind us yeah so as you and i are like discussing and you're like removing the dude's helmet and he's like screaming as you're like pulling his armor off basically good um <laughs> like thonis is already there kind of standing to the side and congregan runs up like gripping his short swords he's okay. like huh well only one of them <laughs> there will be more this is just the beginning take this perhaps you can turn it to your advantage now make sure and put the helmet firmly in his hands because to me i want to toss it to him because right. he's just there but i feel like from his perspective he, like this helmet comes flying out of the darkness and <laughs> right. smashes, smashes him in the, the face, face. <laughs> and gets knocked out right no, so when you say take this you see him kind of like flip his short swords into scabbards at his side and he puts his hands out in front of him like expecting something cool and you like put the helmet the headgear into his hands and he's like oh I see. And like puts it on. He's like, oh, oh, no, this is much better. Nice. All right. So I need you to make another roll to see what you might perceive, um, especially over the sounds of the screaming of your down foe. Okay. So is this going to be an off roll? No. Are you still? Yeah. I I thought, but, you know, I was still using your tactical perception. Right. Okay, cool. Just making sure we're on the same page here. I don't want to cheat. Three. Okay. So, as, you know, Conrigan gets his headgear on correctly and activated, and you're all sort of waiting there around the downed Praetorian, you hear the sounds of... It sounds like more than one more approaching in your direction, kind of following the sounds of these cries through the trees. Okay. I'm going to uh, very quickly uh, strip away the, the chest plate 
of this dude's armor or or what have you. Sure. And just give him just a quick chunk with the spike side of the tomahawk right in the guts. And uh, then dash off into the woods, back up into the trees after this uh, next target. After giving Aya a significant look like, let's do this. Okay. So your goal is to get to them before they reach this location. Yeah. Okay. Pick them off one by one or engage them early. Harry them as they right. as they approach. All right. Um, the sounds of combat get closer and closer as you go in this direction. And hopefully this guy is just, you know, the guy we just left is screaming bloody murder. Oh, yeah. He's and not and able sobbing to continue. <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, it's very rude. Blind badly wounded out in the woods <laughs> yeah he's in he's in a bad way but hopefully you know if he's a really good soldier you know maybe he would grit his teeth and bear it i, I guess but all right everyone so speaks pain i won't make you roll this time because mm. this group looks a little bit different you see two praetorians um, each of them have a sword in one hand and a glowing rod in the other to light their way through the forest. Okay. And they are moving pretty much in a beeline towards the sound of their fallen friend. Nice. Okay. So, is it attack time? Um, if you'd like it to be. Okay. So my tactic for these two is going to be a little different. I need to line up a really good angle, build up a really nice head of steam... And then just unleash a flying two leg. Well, I guess there's no thing, no such thing. Just a flying WWE style donkey kick <laughs> right into the back or chest or side or whatever of one of the guys, such that he is aimed to fly directly into his homeboy. Okay, uh, I'll definitely increase the difficulty on that a little bit. Okay. To match, um, but go ahead. All right, let's see what happens. I feel like if I miss, I can still land gracefully. So we'll see what happens. Four. All right. So you're definitely able to kick one of them, but not to the effect that you were hoping for. But you do kind of fly down through the trees, knocking into one of the Praetorians. He kind of goes sprawling into the underbrush in this area. Um, the light rod flies from his hand and the other one looks towards him startled. Okay. So because of physics and stuff like that, like I would be flying this way, he would be this way, my mass would hit his, he would go flying this way, I would go flying the opposite way. Yeah. So I'd have to turn that into a nice little flip and like, you know, four point slide in the, in the dirt crouch kind of landing Tarzan style. That that's definitely doable. From the uh, the animated version, it was surprisingly dark for a kids' cartoon. <laughs> by the way, that's for another time. Okay. Yeah. So you are, you know, you're easily able to like kick down one of the Praetorians, make a landing a few feet away from both of them. So it's basically you facing both of them, kind of up ahead of you. And let's see here. Um, you see Thonis, like, appear through the trees and try to 
fling out his dart, but it seems to be just as you've knocked over that first Praetorian, so it flies like over him in the position where he was originally standing. I hate when that happens. And the chain gets yanked back um, as he prepares for his next strike. Okay. All right, and Aya kind of leaps in following your lead with one of her spears primed in her hand and kind of just crouch lands on top of the fallen Praetorian soldier with her spear plunging into the plate armor of his chest, going through it, because that little point, that's what it's for, um, and she drives it into the ground, screaming her rage-filled scream. Nice. Like her. All right. (laughs) Let's see what... Praetorians can do. So one of them is down. The other recovers um, his senses and but is unable to make a solid swing at, at anyone at this point. He kind of threatens. He brandishes his, his weapon but um, seems unsure of who to strike at first. Conrigan, bolstered by his new ability to see, is unprepared for how to adjust when there's a bright light ahead of you. Mm. And so it kind of dazes him momentarily as he just rushes in and this glow rod kind of makes the little internal screens in his headgear go bright white and he swings wildly with his swords, which the Praetorian is able to use as an opportunity to get his sword inside as well, and he slashes across Conrigan's already scarred chest. And Conrigan cries out and stumbles back a bit, but he is still on his feet. What would you like to do? All right. So the, the back end of my, the blade of my tomahawk slash axe is balanced by a pretty heavy three-dimensional spike that has a little bit of a curve to it and a chisel point. It's basically specifically designed to puncture through armor. Right. So we're going to um, take his distraction, the Praetorian's distraction with his attack on Conrigan. Sure. To dash in and really put just the full, you know, you, you twist the ball of your foot into the ground and that torque travels up through your hips, into your back, up through your shoulder, out to the end of your arm as you just twist your whole body into focusing all the force you possibly can on that chisel tip of the spike right into the solar plexus of this, uh, of this Praetorian. Okay. Make your roll. All right. Here we go. Two. Yeah, so it goes just as you say, and he screams, drops what he's holding in alarm as your the spike digs through his armor into his flesh and muscle beneath. And, and as he screams, Thonis flings out his dart, catching him right in the neck. Oh, no. (laughs) And then pulling it back, and he kind of falls forward off of your your blade. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll give him a a nice kick off of the axe to help it, like, 
but you know, not not like a force kick, but like where you kind of like a push kick. Yeah, you're just clearing it. your weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I was in the midst of doing that already anyway, but uh, Thonus's projectile certainly didn't hurt. Okay, and as you are fighting, the sounds of the primary hunting party grow even closer. Um, they seem to have finished with whatever they're doing and are approaching the sound of this battle. Okay. Let me get everyone sorted. Okay. You don't really have time in this case because they've basically run to the sound of this activity to separate and strategize the way you normally have been between these fights. Okay. But what you can see as the group comes through the trees, you see the noble who talked to Lensel, so Nexel. He's holding a spear and he is like carefully walking through the trees next to a finely dressed and armored hunter carrying a very ornate spear and a sword in either hand. This must be Traxu. Okay. Just based on the regal bearing of, of what he's wearing in his, his arms. And at a respectful but protective distance from the noble pair, there are two Praetorians wielding spears, and the spears themselves have glowing shafts to provide light for them. Okay. Um, and they are guarding the flank position of the group. So there are four of them total. And I will tell you just based on so this is kind of where the points system sort of comes into play. And I know we're not doing that too much, so I've been tracking how this combat is going. Uh-huh. Just based on positioning, you and Aya are in a position where those flanking Praetorians are going to encounter you first. And then Thonis and Kangrian are sort of in the center of this group and they are going to basically be the first ones that Nexel and Traxu see. Okay. Okay. So in this case, and I know this is unusual for you, Traxu will go first. Okay. All right. And so as this hunting party clears the trees, Traxu sees an easy opportunity with Conrigan sort of holding the wound on his chest and he throws his ornate spear which lands kind of deep in the pectoral tissue of Conrigan um, a little right of center so not anywhere immediately dire but he's definitely in bad shape at this point he's been hit twice in this encounter the noble next to him Nexel kind of following suit, throws his spear into the fray. And it flies towards Thonis, who tries to dodge out of the way, but the blade point of the spear kind of slices into his arm. So a minor wound, but he is bleeding. Okay. All right. And the Praetorians are taking a defensive position. They don't immediately attack. It seems that they're mostly there to protect and let the, the men do their hunting. What would you like to do? 
Um, so they're they're all in a group. We're gonna have to try to take out. Um, I want to say take out the ads first before we focus on the on the boss. So I have a brief moment where I think like we we could uh, could throw a monkey wrench into this in the into this fight by ending it immediately if I had a well a perfectly placed throw of my knife and took out um Traxu, yeah. Traxu. When we take out Traxu from the jump, then the whole thing would be over. But I don't I I think better of that. I don't want to risk it. So I think I will attack the nearest Praetorian directly instead. Okay, go ahead and make your roll. Ooh, four. All right, so for a Praetorian, that's enough. So you leap in with your weapon and are able to dig it in again between those armored plates. And one of the Spearman Praetorians um, cries out in pain and kind of doubles over, but he is still standing. All right, I'll have to disengage as well. Like, if possible, the, the whole tactic is, you know smash and grab um, idea that you dash in, hit, dash back out because a pitched battle is not going to go in your favor. Okay. If possible is the idea. No, that's fine. You rolled well enough. You can move back. It's okay. Alright. And then Aya runs in to engage with the Praetorian on her side of the group. Um, Once again, her spear goes through that armor. She doesn't look for a weak spot. She just powers through it. And so she's pushing him back into the trees and and he falls back against one of them as she's like pushing the spear forward. Okay. Okay. And Traxu will go again. Traxu strides up all confidence towards Conrigan and slashes out with his sword, his ornate kind of glimmering sword. Um, And Conrigan's kind of cry of pain is cut short. And you believe that he may have been cut down. Oh, poor Conrigan. All right. And Nexel, having thrown his spear, uh, moves forward to try to retrieve it so he can continue to engage Thonis. But as he does that, Thonis is able to take out one of his um, handheld knives and do a couple quick slashes across the the noble's relatively unguarded flesh. So Nexel has been wounded. Okay. So we have to dash in, see if we can finish off this Praetorian or at least continue to, to damage him. And... It's the same strategy, dash in, strike, dash out. But I'd like to come directly uh, at him so that he can see me coming because my idea is I'd like to bait him into taking a swing at me that I can then counter attack. And I'd like to try to use my patented technique where 
I use my tomahawk to trap his arm and the dagger to disable it and see if I can, you know, disable that limb and also inflict some damage and pain while I'm at it. Okay. So let's see what happens. Another four. (laughs) All right. So yeah, not as... Like you almost shake your head in disappointment at your form, Mm. but it's more than enough for the Praetorian to fall into your trap. Sloppy, but effective. Yes. Ugh, disgraceful. So he swings at you, you trap his limb. There is kind of a little bit of a a pop because he overextends um, and your, your blade finds a weak area and he falls screaming to the forest floor. Yeah, right into that uh, that nerve ganglion in the shoulder that controls the whole arm and hand and everything. Just splutch right into that and then back out. Okay. And I have to spin away and back into the shadows. So I pulls the spear out of this trapped Praetorian against the tree. Like he is, there is tree, him, Aya. It's mm. a bad sandwich to be in for oh, him right now. Yeah. And she pulls it out and she just shoves it into his face. Like she just spears him through the head, basically. All right. And then pulls her spear free and spins to face these nobles behind her. Okay. Okay. So, Torians are down. Ah. All right. Traxu um, standing over Conrigan on the forest floor pulls out from beneath this like ridiculous cape that he's wearing over his hunting armor, pulls out a laser pistol, and almost like his face shows that he thinks he's doing a mercy basically, but he pulls out the pistol and he shoots Congregan one time to make sure that he's actually down. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then kind of turns to face the rest of you. Salto can't help but grin a little bit, only because that that's a waste of, of action, you know? You gotta capitalize. So he's like, <laughs> this coddled princeling yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. Thonis, um hops back nimbly away from Nexel and then throws his dart and chain, um, hitting him solidly in the arm and then pulling back. Um, Nexel still without a weapon, cries out towards Traxu and says, Traxu, please, I've been gravely injured. All right, and it is your turn what would you like to do okay so we're gonna try this again see if maybe we can uh make this happen again but instead of the wwe style donkey kick we're gonna go for the more um run up and grab uh nexel and try to swing him around and fling him bodily into tracksuit okay with the intent that they'll kind of fall into a tangle of limbs and be easier to attack that way. Sure. So here 
we go. Four. Dang it. <laughs> so you do kind of run up and just brute force kind of fling Nexel towards Traxu. Um, but Nexel falls heavier than you expect him to. Like he kind of like stumbles through this throw and he just kind of falls to the ground and like smashes his head on a, a root that's down there. Hmm. And he seems to be breathing shallowly, but he's out. Okay. Okay. Aya turn has already turned to engage and seeing Nexel falling to the the floor here. She takes one of her spears up, the one covered in blood and gore, and throws it at Traxu as he's kind of turning from where he put Kongrigan out of his misery. And the spear flies like through his cloak and actually strikes him in the leg. Hmm. And he cries out in alarm. All right. He's like maybe calling out for his dead ass guards because <laughs> he doesn't hasn't even noticed that they're dead already or incapacitated that's one hit for him all right he launches forward with surprising speed it seems that as coddled as he is he is is used to fighting this is something he enjoys doing and so he rushes forward and strikes out at Aya in a rage, um, slashing across her torso with his sword. Um, and she grunts in pain and takes a firm step back, but she grimaces intent to face him. Um, but you can see that the blood that pours over her armor in that area is significant. Ooh, okay. All right, so that. What would you like to do? So does Traxu have a helmet of any kind or, or goggles or anything like that? Is he just going uh, going in bare? What's the deal? He His cloak is hooded, but you don't see any obvious armor. Okay. And as far as light source is concerned, does he have one of the, the lighted spear shafts or no uh, it was just the praetorians who had it and so those are now like lying on the ground so this area this small clearing is vaguely low lit okay and he doesn't seem to have any technology to augment his vision and i have no idea about his biology you right know. or it could be internal technology maybe i don't know okay hmm. all right So he ran up and slashed at Aya. Right. Okay. So I'm uh, going to run up and attack his uh, attacking arm as it's outstretched because he's, you know, slashing at her. Sure. Going to see if I can, again, uh, go for, you know, a nice double uh, trap slash chop kind of action. Sure. On his outstretched limb. Three. All right. So you strike at his outstretched limb successfully. There is a deep 
wound there and he drops the ornate sword. And you see him bring up that laser pistol, very unsportsmanly, ready to defend himself. And with the injured hand, he basically just slaps it against this ornate brooch that holds his cloak on. And you note that it seems to be some sort of panic button. Uh huh. But as he does that, you notice something else. There is kind of this almost moment of silence as you watch him go to hit this alarm. And there is a sound and a flash, like a neon flash that even to your very engineered vision, um, this is blinding for a moment. Oof, okay. And then there is the sound, and as your eyes adjust again, you see men spilling through the trees, running past you th- towards Traxu, um, screaming for the fall of the emperor and the fall of his cruel son. Okay, nice. And Traxu staggers away from this whole thing, um, dropping his pistol, just smashing this panic button with both hands. Um, And from out of the darkness, you see more Praetorians move in to surround him as he retreats. Um, Traitors, you will pay for this, he screams. And there is confusion as these random soldiers just come out of the darkness and pursue him. And the sound of laser pistol fire and other various weapons sound off and get further away from you. And Aya sort of looks at you and she says, "Is was that resistance? Hmm. So did I see any of these guys? Did I recognize them? I saw a flash. I'm kind of blinded and disoriented. And then you hear the battle cry, but I don't know that I that I got a good look at any of these uh, mystery combatants. Yeah, what you saw of them, they didn't seem to have any specific uniform. They were all in very, like, mismatched armor, carrying, you know, whatever various weapons they had. Okay. If I was a betting man, I, uh, I would say that that was indeed the resistance. All right, um, I'm going to have you go ahead and make an off roll roll. Off roll roll. 13, lucky 13. (laughs) All right. And so as you kind of get your bearings, um, Thonis sort of limps forward a bit towards you guys, like checking his wounds and everything. Eyes still bleeding pretty profusely. you almost barely notice the sound of the hovercraft behind you. Markley's running forward, his voice calling out for you for. Okay. Should probably let him know uh, where we are. So I'll grab one of the light, uh, the glow spears, yeah. if you will. Sure. And yell out, over here and fling it spiraling, not spiraling, but uh, spinning in straight up into the air over where we are. Sure. If it gets tangled in some tree branches or whatever, great. If it falls back down, who cares? It's sort of just an impromptu flare. Sure. Um, and after a moment, Markley's kind of crashes through the trees with a light source to locate you, looks down, sees congregants kind of 
well, his corpse with a blast wound in it. And he like shakes his head grimly and he says, come on, we need to get you all out of here. I'll, I'll nod. I'll nod uh, slowly and look around to see if I can get a fix on that uh, laser pistol. Yeah, I did have you roll for that already and you were not high enough to note where it fell among the underbrush. Okay, good to know. Because that would have been nice to uh, to secret way with myself. Yeah. Oh, well. Sorry about that. Hey, you know. <laughs> it's dice. You, you try and sometimes you win, sometimes you fail and that's okay. Yep. Um, and so as he leads you away, you can see his face is set in a state of deep concern. He is incredibly unhappy and a little bit scared. He leads you back to the hover ship, ushers you on board, um, and then is very silent, but obviously concerned as he leads you back, um, or as you guys fly back, really, to the relative safety of the school. The survivors, the three of you who survived this exercise, are led off the ship and into the triage room. You can see them carrying Congregan's body away in a different direction. Um, the medical crew, along with Madeline, is there once again. Um, her lips are pressed tightly together. She completes her treatment of you wordlessly. She is obviously upset. And then you're led back to the common room. I see. Well, I'm not going to try and engage Madeline in conversation if she's all pissed off. Aya kind of presses at the bandages on her chest um, and says, I know it has been rumored for some time, but you saw Madeline today, before we were taken and after we were returned. It is almost certain that she is helping the resistance. She must have warned them about the hunt and used it to try to assassinate him again. I was so close. I had him in my clutches and he got away. Of course, referring to Traxu. Now, wishing that I had been able to take him out and uh, end this whole nonsense. And the rest of the gladiators kind of burst into this angry conversation, yet guarded. It's like quietly angry because they don't want anyone to overhear what's happening here. Um, some of them seem shocked and angry that Lencel accepted this contract to begin with. Others, particularly veterans, shake their heads. One says, how much choice did he have if Traxu was involved? You know he wouldn't have risked it this close to the circus unless he was forced to. One of the others that was not picked for the hunt says, I heard that he went and appealed to Turg himself to prove his innocence and that of his gladiators, to prevent retaliation. He did everything he could to make sure there would be no aftermath for us. He risked his own neck. That being said, based on your interactions and what you've heard of Traxu so far, you think it's unlikely that he'll just take this all in stride. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right for Traxu. The night sort of winds down and becomes somber, and Aya speaks again. We must vow to protect our dear Madeline from Traxu's wrath. If she's found out, he may try to attack, and we must defend her. 
She Agreed. has done so much for us. And many of the other gladiators raise their glasses with quiet calls of, for Madeline. Here, here. And yes, and I. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much everyone just loves her for how much she seems to care about you guys. Um, and you are no different. You know, you have grown to appreciate her and her time with you. Um, and like I said, it's kind of a somber sort of melancholy that fills the room. Some of them begin talking again about this circus that was mentioned before. Um, but it seems to be kind of getting to that point where you can tell people are going to start retiring to their bunks. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess it's time to turn in then. All right. That's where we will stop this one. Um, what is this circus? How will you pull together enough fighters to deal with it with some losses that happen both on Nexalus with the loss of Conrigan and apparently losses that happened during the day in the arena as well while you were gone. Um, will more gladiators be pulled in from the training grounds? We shall see next time when, hint, hint, we add another gladiator to the group <laughs> and get to see a little bit about how these point system works um, throughout the scenes. Exploring the points, adding on more people. It just keeps getting better here at Just Barbarian Things. <laughs> All right. So until next time, everyone, spend your rage wisely. And once again, I'm Rainy. You can find me on Twitter at BarbarianRainy or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash justbarbarianthings. I'm Santiago at Rangugiri. If you want to give me a shout on Twitter, you can also check out my YouTube videos at youtube.com slash Rangu. Are you too cool with this? <laughs> cool with this? <laughs> God. This is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Hey, bros. Hey, bro. What do you say? <laughs> Let's go crush some fucking God. <laughs> I okay. found this case of Keystone Light hidden in the bushes. <laughs> oh, God. It's super shiny. Dude, it is. <laughs> I mean, that must be what it is. Your internal bro uh, clock is like your alarm's going off. Bro. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> all right, let's try again. That's okay. That's all for the bloops. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I have the wrong drink for podcasting. Oh, coffee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't get to finish it as a poem. Do you want to pause and get a different drink? No, because I still haven't finished my coffee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.